0: hello and welcome my partners in crime so lovely to see you all again now this is murder mornings part two or number two because i haven't been well as i've said before so one of the questions with a lot of you are where have you been right so there's a few things going on uh one i had to pop to wales for some business and well, you listen you can't go to swansea just on business without having a little bit of pleasure and i think i've had probably too much pleasure because i've come back and i've been unwell I'm going to blame my husband for that one because he had it. And um listen, we haven't had COVID because a lot of people say we got COVID. No, and I've said this before. You know, in this country and in the world, we still have such things as colds, coughs, and the flu and stuff. So my voice is still a bit croaky. And actually, to tell you the truth, it went away for a few days and then it come back. So, but no, I've been tested, so it's not COVID. It's just general Um, unwell because we live in England and we have maybe 20 or 25 degrees on one day and then pouring down with rain and freezing cold the next so that's where I've I've been but I'm back now and hopefully um, nothing else gets in the way I could actually really do another 10 hours in a day to get through what I've got to get through in a day so Okay, here we go. So we've, we've gone through, there's been loads of questions, so thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone that's took the time to ask questions, and I'm not going to be able to get through them all. So we sort of generally got them together and um, done sort of, sort of a mixture of things. Russ, I could be here all day. Not that it would bother me, but I don't think you want to listen to me all day, Somehow, especially with this croaky voice. So... The first question, and I think Will, um, and we, we all know I, I love Will and I watch Will's channel, so hello Will. And um, it's not you're not the only one, Will, that asked this question about what's the case that I wouldn't do. Well, to tell you the truth, there isn't much I wouldn't do because I think awareness is one of the most important things out there when we talk about crime and, and everything else we do. But the case that I didn't want to have anything to do with is the Madeleine McCann case. Even though I've done an updated version on that because when I did that version, um, the, the the German police and the German prosecutor actually released out that they had um, caught the killer of Madeline McCann and that he was going to be charged in the January. So I was going to do that and then I was going to do the full Madeline McCann case. Now. <laughs> Some of my students, this is from years back when we've discussed Madeleine McCann, know my views on Madeleine McCann and I've kept them to myself, actually. And, um, I, and I have done for many years for that reason, because there's no evidence. Now, law and everything else has to go on evidence. So when a German prosecution comes out and says to you, what, to the world publicly, that they have evidence that they have a man that they know has murdered Madeleine McCann, you believe them, wouldn't you? And so I did. How stupid was I, really? Because, of course, he hasn't been charged. It's Christian B we're talking about here. Listen, Christian B is a criminal and a murderer in his own right. Right? He's done a lot of stuff. Now, it's very difficult to prosecute someone like Christian B because he's very good at what he does. But if they, if, if, a, if they come out, these Germans, and they say that they have evidence that will hold up in court, and to release out a statement that they have caught the murder, they have solved the murder of Madeleine McCann. That's what I would expect them in January to do. I could see why they held back, right? And that's why I believe them, because most cases like this, you'd want, you know, evidence to be exact to to get this case through any court. But they still haven't done that. Actually, it's gone very quiet. So, for me, that's the case I should never have done, because, one it's so controversial and it's con- it, the reason why this child has never been found and listen this kids dead right? we all know it she ain't been taken off somewhere she isn't you know being kept somewhere this child is dead we all know that um, and there's lots of theories about you know and we can't you know disregard them theories because there's no evidence to counteract anyone's theories is there at all so that's the case I wish i would never have done even to highlight Christian B because the facts were not all there even though they were stated they were they were not and I like to go on facts it can't be what you think has happened and that's why I don't get into what my beliefs on Madeline McCain is because I have no evidence Listen, I know, I've seen the crime scene photos, I've seen everything. I have my own opinions, but I'm not going to share it. And um, I had a lot of backlash actually from doing even that part because people feel so strongly about this case and um, didn't believe what the Germans were saying. You You know, they were right, really. They were right. So, no, I wish I'd never done that case at all and I would probably never do it again because this case is going to be unsolved, probably. Uh, and the fear is, well, continue on. And, um, as I said, we can't discount any theories because there's no evidence to prove them right or wrong, is there? So that's a case I wish I'd never even started, let alone undertaken. The other case that I probably wouldn't do is the, uh, Jean, is it, Jean Benet, uh, Ramsey case. Now, the reason for that is purely because that investigation was messed up from the beginning. When that child was reported missing, uh, the police had gone in, searched the place, they didn't find the body down in the cellar or wherever it was, you know, they allowed people in the home. Evidence now has been tainted anyway. The whole case, that whole case is again based on now theories, because again it could never be solved. So if a case could never be solved and all you're relying on then is theories, now again I have my own theories on that case and I'm not going to say it, because you know, I'm (laughs) probably I'll write a book one day and say exactly what I think, but I I have, again, researched that case for my own personal use and, um, and it's for that reason that I wouldn't do that case because there's not enough evidence there. It was messed up from the beginning. That case could have been solved, absolutely could have been solved. But when you have a, the police that have searched a house, they can't find the body, and then within an hour or two later the house is full of people and the man, the father, then comes up from... the basement with the child in his arms that's the evidence gone that's the evidence gone so whatever your fear is on that case again you're open to say whatever you want because really there's no evidence to prove your theories are wrong or right so that's the cases i won't do other than that no there is cases that i've done that i've removed at the request of families um and, and you know no amount of money or AdSense, well, not, I'm not going to get AdSense on it, but no amount of money or you know, views is worth upsetting a family for. So I may do any video, but if I'm asked to remove it, and the, and the reasons why I've been asked to remove it are um, reasons why this family asked me to remove it, and, and they've done it in such a professional, nice way, um, I would remove it. And um, so no, I don't think anything's. I don't think anything is, you know, out of bounds, really, because we're seeking the truth, aren't we? Or we're trying to seek the truth, and so there there can be nothing, out of bounds. And I've I've read on there that someone's asked about Gary Glitter. Yes, Gary Glitter's a pedophile. I do pedophiles, and um, you know he's he's out now on day release. People need to know that, that he's coming out on day release and stuff. He is a paedophile. That's what he is. And this, you know, when we talk about, and I know it's called murder analysed, and we deal with so much stuff on here because we deal with awareness and we need to make people know what's really going on. So I probably will cover at some point Gary Glitter, absolutely. The other case that I wanted to talk about, which is the um, pitchfork case, because we've done the update on him being released and stuff, and um, because of all the publicity, and because I'm not the only one that's done this case, and I've said to you, there's many, many people around the world that have done this case, and many, you know, criminal uh, true crime, true crime channels have done this case to bring public awareness to someone like this being released out. Okay, so now he's up for review, but would. But would the um, you know, would they have reviewed his release if there wasn't so much public backlash against his decision? No. Of course they would not. So when we talk about putting pressure on like we talked about in the last, you know, um more, uh, murder mornings that we talked about putting pressure on uh, the government and on your local MPs and on the police and on, you know, on Um, on this parole board because it's going to be them isn't it that this then falls back on if any of this man does anything else and as I said before it's not if but when he's going to do something else it makes people think doesn't it when 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 that buck stops with them it makes them think hang on a minute what if he does you know public prosecutions are thinking the backlash these MPs are thinking hang on a minute the backlash that we're going to get not just by releasing this man but if he does anything that is how you put pressure on and so we are going to put some open letters up for you some examples of what we've done and that me and Lisa was only talking about that yesterday so I know we've had lots of comments on that but this is what public opinion does it can change decisions it can make people think this parole board when they sit there and they think they know more than the judges and the jury that's put this man aside, when the prosecution has stated very early on this man should never be released, to then have a parole board that he sat in front of and told him how he's transformed, you know, we've educated him, we've we've done all this, I'm better. Now they're thinking, what well, if he does anything, that's all gonna come back on us. So the public pressure that's been put on all these organisations. That's why this man's now case of coming out, being released out, is now under you know, really close scrutiny because no one wants to make a mistake here, do they? Or no one wants to be seen as a people making the mistakes. So thank you for everybody that's watched this case on here. I think on other channels that I've done this case to bring awareness, to bring public opinion up You know, really, the pressure that a lot of this government agencies have now been under because of all this pressure from all these different areas and, you know, social um, sites, social forums and stuff. You've done a good thing because if it stops this man being released out because they're fearful of what he may do and what their consequences will be in their jobs and their livelihoods if he murders somebody else, you've done the right thing. So thank you for that. Right, let's have a look at now. What do I watch on YouTube? Or you've said what, who are my sort of influences and stuff. I don't really have influences. I haven't got time. But I do watch YouTube. And I watch YouTube because <laughs> some of them are just great. Right now, there's um, a young lad and his name is called Curtis Price. And he just makes me laugh. Now that's his channel, I think it's Curtis Price channel. And um, he's a Welsh lad. And do you know what? He just absolutely cracks me up. Now, he really takes Mickey out, I think, and and, and, of other YouTubers. (laughs) I can imagine him doing it to me one day. But this boy, I think his channel's amazing. I actually think he's amazing. Because when he says about his subscribers, and this is why I've started doing it as well, when I say subscribe, 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 you know, this boy is so blatant about it. Get me to 100,000, do this. I, do you know, I love his channel. One, he's a lovely lad, really lovely lad. And, you know, he does take the piss a little bit out of other YouTubers, but not really, I think, in that way. I think what he does, he tries to show awareness of stuff as well, about what they're doing wrong. Because these influences sometimes are not influencing are they the right way and I think he highlights that but I just like watching him I think he's very funny um he makes me laugh it's it's my you know 10 minutes I suppose of of, of calm watching him he I mean even actually even think about him you now makes me laugh so yes I watch him Curtis Price channel and um <clears throat> I don't know how many subscribers up to 80 odd thousand now but gosh go and subscribe to this boy's channel, get him up to a hundred thousand because I actually think he deserves it. And I think if he ever wants to collaborate on something, um, I would be interested in that because it's a bit, it's totally different from what I do um, on here. But what a great, you know, channel he is and what a great laugh he is. And it's just his sense of humor, I think is, it's so funny so good luck to him i do watch a lot of stuff on canva canva you know where i do my editing and stuff <clears throat> and they're really good i also um i do i can't remember him now um for my filming my premiere premiere pro stuff and he's a canadian um you're all going to know his name but i've like totally forgotten it um he's a photographer and um his channel is great but Again, I'll have to get the name of it and I'll, I'll write it in the notes for you. But I just, I watch him and he's, again, he's great at what he does, he's a great photographer. Um, he's also, you know, his stuff is just amazing. He explains what to do and how to do it, because as you know, I've had to edit and do all this stuff myself. So I've had to learn all that sort of stuff and through his channel. So he's, I can't think of his name, now, I wish I could. But again, his sense of humor, is fantastic as well. So um, I'll leave his name in the comments bit anyway for you to um, um, sort of know who I'm talking about. So who else do I watch? Um, I watch the catch up sort of like their news channels, you know, um, um, lots of different things on there, but not crime, not crime. I don't watch any crime channels, really. I see them come up and, and stuff because that's what we do. But no, I don't. I do that all myself. I don't need to be watching other people's. And I think all of us who do all our different crime channels, we have our own way of doing it, don't we? We all sort of say the same thing, it's just the way we say it's different. So, listen, I wish every one of them well, but no, I don't watch crime channels, not, not really. And am I influenced by anyone? No, not really, uh, not at all. Um, not at all. I can't think of anyone that was influenced me but no but i loved youtube and of course you know as i said before when i first started this i didn't really know what youtube was now i watch it all the time probably more than tv because it really does show me and it got me used to this business because this is what it is it's a business and um it's really showed me the variety of stuff out there and how talented you know people are um and how People express themselves the way they do. I, I, I think it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So that's that one. So what got me into true crime? Um, I don't know, I think I've always had um, an interest in human behavior, okay? I just love it. I love, you know, sometimes me and my sister would sit in the car and I'm having a coffee and we just watch the world go by. It's fascinating. Especially you can learn so much from people just by watching them and I think with the true crime um, I've always done law even before I had a law degree all right I've always done law it's come naturally to me so even when I was about 14 I used to do all the. So that's in the old days when people had to do their dole forms or you know housing forms or it's got worse isn't it now Um over the years I have you know since about 14 I've always help people in my community and local community and stuff and so I had an interest in law. I think the true crime came more working in criminal law and seeing a lot of youngsters coming through the door, you know, and thinking, I I sort of, this was when I was at university actually as well and I was working, you know, doing um, just work experience and stuff like that In in London, in the criminal um, part, and I loved it. But what I found myself thinking when I was going through these cases and assisting them and assisting other people with them is, I found myself thinking, why? Why are they doing it? You know, what? And when you hear their stories, a lot of it is not as straight as you'd think. You know, I think people that don't do law think the law is so black and white. The law is far from black and white really, and criminal law, there's so many defences, it's so complex really, because sometimes crimes that people do are so complex, and the reasons why they do it are so complex. And I think it was from then I thought really, that's what changed me from being just law-orientated, you know, everyone's a criminal, everyone's this, <clears throat> you know, the straight black and white, to really realising that no, there is reasons why people do it, whether it's their environment, the culture, you know, poverty. There's so much what goes into it, mental health, all this sort of stuff. And that's really what got me into true crime, was actually living it, really. Seeing it from my own eyes. Not so much the murderers, but yeah, rapists and paedophiles and all this stuff, you know. Um, And the murderers come later on. But, yeah, it's about... I think it's when I realised that there's more to crime than just the act that they've committed. There's always a background story. And I found myself being more interested in that background story of why they was doing it. And then realising that the justice system doesn't always fit, or is not always fit for purpose, really. Because we can't, you know... This crime is so complex in its way even murder There's, you know and i think when i first started doing criminal law criminal law really was once said by a lecturer that law is about criminal law sex power and money they are your usual um reasons why people do crime and then other than that it branches out a little bit but that's usually your main reasons. And I think once I sort of realised that, that law went much deeper, crime went much deeper than what just the act and what you see, I was then fascinated. And I suppose that was about 20 odd years ago, really. So that's um, what really got me into true crime. And I've said before, I love unsolved crime, and I'd love to have the money, and a team that could go and look at old cold cases because um, you know everyone every victim deserves this to be put at rest and there's so many you know there's so many cold cases but hopefully as the DNA databases you know build up and stuff like that and um, because DNA lasts a long time you know that some of these will be solved so yes that's about my sort of crime, love background. Let's have a look. So many people, and not only on here, but on other things and other people I know, have asked me about Britney Spears. Now, I, I hadn't really followed the case so much. I I knew that um, you know that she had had a sort of a breakdown many years ago, about 12, 13 years ago. That's the industry she lives, you know, she works in and lives that life. And it's very, very difficult, isn't it? And then the other day, on YouTube, actually, on my telly, I was sitting for 10 minutes. And I saw the Britney Spears, um, about 22 minutes um, tape of her conversation with the judge. And I listened to it. And, my gosh, it was heartbreaking, wasn't it, really? If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. I mean, people say sometimes with me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health at the moment because I've had a few comments that all. Oh, you know, you, when I've said about the Bamber case and that, you know, you're, you're blaming people, you know, with, you know, with schizophrenia or with mental health. Now listen, mental health is a real problem here. Under 1% of the people with schizophrenia actually murder someone. Under that. You know, just because... <laughs> so I've never said, and nor would I ever say, that anyone with mental health is more prone to doing crime than someone that isn't. You know, most people with schizophrenia, and we're going to be honest about it now, or a mental health like that, are more scared of you than you are of them. Alright? It's about their feelings. They will usually, it's that like fight or flight um, feeling, isn't it? And so that's what is meant by that. But I have for many, many years worked with mental health, really. And people very close to me have got schizophrenia, so I know it from a a personal experience here. And um, also that is the reason why I studied psychology, not because of the law, not because of the crime, because of mental health. I wanted to understand, is there anything else I can do for the people that's close to me that are suffering with this terrible, really terrible illness? And that's what it is. So in no way am I ever going to um, sort of, and I think that's why you will seeing me put long, long messages, you know, back to them about justifying what I've said. Uh, and I think with Britney Spears, this is what, when I heard her speak, it's just disgraceful, isn't it? Really, when you think that someone, and they call it a blimp, you know, or a blimp in um, their mental health. years ago she had a psychotic episode which she did no one is denying that she's not denying that because of the pressure she was under her marriage was falling apart it happens it happens to the best of us really but the pressure this girl would have been under at that time you know to go and shave her head and stuff like this all this girl needed was help yes at that time they was right to section her and under this in this country, we'd, we would have done the same under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act. She would have been sectioned and she would have been medicated. But the problem is, is what happened in America in this case, I think, is that then they've got the control there. When you say that someone has got lack of capacity, you're saying that they can't manage anything. That's why you take control. And so for that time, when she first went into the uh, mental health facility and was getting help, that was correct the right thing to do but when you look at American law and English law it's totally different this you see Um, they find it very difficult don't they to get their rights back and the thing is I think with Britney Spears is it's the money involved as well and so I was very shocked about what she was saying and I could and I felt for her I really felt for her because it's like modern day slavery, isn't it? And I'm gonna do a few of these cases. You're talking about a girl that must have capacity because she's working. She's working. If you can't, if you haven't got capacity, how can you work? How can you do all these things? How can you organize a dance troupe? How can you organize these shows? How can you be made to do that? And then on one hand, they're saying, but you don't have the capacity to manage your daily life. Very conflicting. Now in this country, that would be automatically stopped because the minute that you can prove that you can hold down that sort of a job, manage these sort of teams you're managing, remember your dance routines and all this stuff. That's enough. That should be enough. So I think, with Britney Spears case and as I said we don't I don't go into much details about these sort of cases but I think with this one I think this is another one I think where public opinion is going to play a big part here because how embarrassing for these people doing that to this girl! and you know what they're going to say don't you but she's got mental health so you can't believe her that's what they're going to say or they have been saying, um, and I think that's untrue. I think Britney, Ke- Britney Spears is capable of running her own life. I think she had a blimp in her mental health. She had a dip because of the extreme pressure and with help and after a year or two years even, that would have been good. I don't know, she said she was on medication every morning and then she said they gave her lithium now I don't know if she's been diagnosed as bipolar or what she has but you're giving now someone antipsychotic drugs now she didn't say what she was on the first lot of drugs that she took every morning now and she said that she was held and looked after for about a month well lithium you know is not the greatest medication and as she said, it made her feel like she was drunk and it looked like she was drunk. That would, That's the effect, and I don't know, we don't know the dosage that she was taking either. So I think with, um, with her, there's issues there. There's issues, there's loopholes in this law, clearly. What are not right? And I hope that the public, and I know she's got a lot of following and a lot of people that really are pushing for her, but you know, Um, And so they should. So I think public opinion on this, because listen, this could be anybody, couldn't it? This, you know, you think you've earned all this money, you've had a little, you know, breakdown, and 12, 13 years ago, and no one's letting you forget it. This isn't assisting Britney Spears, this sort of pressure, and this fight to have her freedom back. And that's exactly what it is. We talk about prisoners going to prison, this is another form of prison that this girl is in. So I think if anything that we do on any of these sites and you know channels, this is what we need to make people aware of. It's unfair. People with mental health are not stupid. People with mental health do recover if they're allowed to recover. They really do. This is medication, schizophrenic medication and this sort of medication does not cure you, right? It helps sometimes, and a lot of times it doesn't help to dampen them, you know, um, delusions, whatever you're getting. But by giving Britney Spears lithium, and making it, I, I don't understand it because she started to speak up. She started to speak up because she's well enough, and she understands the consequences they've told her. She's going to get in trouble. Now, when I heard her speak to this judge, I don't know what this judge was thinking. Not to grant her this. You know, I just don't. You don't need an evaluation of a month to see if you're okay. She's right there. She's had enough of people evaluating her. People that she's paying out of her own money to evaluate her, to keep her tied and locked in to this sort of life. Oh, it's shocking, isn't it, really? It was an eye-opener, isn't it, really? And I think, the thing is with Britney Spears, I think she's highlighted something here, this law, with this so many loopholes in this law, where you can manipulate someone and manipulate their lifestyle, their money and stuff for your own gain. And I think this is what she's highlighting, whether that's happening in her case or not, we don't know, because I don't know the full facts of it. I think what this case is highlighting is that if it can happen to Britney Spears, it can happen to anybody. So I think it's a really good case just to even get out there and support Britney's freedom from this, because that's exactly what she's after—to be free—and then to be monitored herself with her own doctors and staff that she chooses. That are going to be honest with Britney Spears, not just the yes yes, yes, because of who she is, are going to be honest. Take your medication, do this, do that, or else you're going to go back into a mental institution. People will take the medication. She would take her medication. But whether she needs lithium, I don't know, because we don't know her diagnosis. But am I in support of Britney being free to live her life the way she wants to live her life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I believe that Britney Spears, yes, had a nervous breakdown and she had a blip, you know, a psychotic episode, if you'd like to call it, because of the pressure she was under, also her marriage breakdown. These are normal reactions sometimes to the lifestyle like that. This girl doesn't even drink. She doesn't drink. She's a mother. Let her have her control of her life back and then see where it goes because I don't think this is looking good for any parties associated with what's going on with Britney Spears. And I think that's where you'll see now people backing off. But I'm disappointed in that judge. I'm disappointed uh, in why she didn't allow her to end this. I'm disappointed. But I'm not in America, but I know a lot of you are. And this is where you need to put pressure on your public bodies. And authorities because any of this <laughs> could even happen to you so listen this has been the second in our uh, murder mornings um, and I love it really because it gives me a chance to really talk to you and um, sort of it's for you to get to know how I really am I think um, I've been asked a lot actually I suppose the last question is a lot of people say about this patreon page and I've never really heard of it to tell you the truth but um, I was talking to Taylor about it and I think we are going to do one because I understand that they are ways that you can donate if you'd like to rather than joining the members or anything else you can um, just donate if you want and it helps our channel um, keep running really. So I'm so pleased that you've joined me again for the second Murder Mornings and I'll be back next week hopefully feeling a lot better my voice will be back to normal I've actually got to record actually two cases at the moment I'm going to do Joanna Yates case now Um, so I'm a bit late with that one and also Christopher Halliwell's case is coming up so as I've said before on the membership um, with our Members Lounge what I'm going to start doing now is they have exclusive cases on there anyway and so with the next every case that I bring out I'm going to put on there for the first 24 hours before it's released out to anybody else, so they get a bit of extra as well. Because I'm very grateful for them to supporting uh, this channel like they do, and for all the comments and everything else. Everyone supports us, it, it us with. So I'm still pushing for the hundred thousand subscribers. And listen, I'm not going anywhere. None of us are. And um, I think anyone that watches any of not just my channel, but any crime channel, understands that the work that goes into it. These channels are not your big money makers. We're not gamers. We're not musicians. We're not, you know, but what we are is trying to bring awareness to people. And hopefully, you know, they're of interest to you. So, thank you for joining me. So, you know what to do. You can subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And I should always say this at the beginning, but I don't. Um, You can put your thumbs up because that really helps with this algorithm, so I understand. Um, You can have the bell, hit that bell, and you can get notifications. Um, I think even these ones are now going to go on Spotify. We've got quite a big following now on Spotify with our podcasts and stuff. And as I said, as things in this country open up, then we'll be doing a lot more collaborations with other people uh, to do with the crimes, and to other ones, actually. So, you know, and you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. So thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.